And that's where you started getting all these Battle Royale games. So in a way, the existence of the Hunger Games is the reason that Fortnite happened. Oh, look at that. Welcome to the Book Jar Podcast. My name is Marissa, and today I'm joined with my friend, Alex. Hello. Hello. That was quite the intro. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I hesitated because I usually, I called Megan my best friend, and then I was going to do it for you too, and then I overthought it. <laughs> um, and then now I feel super awkward because I'm like... <laughs> I feel like I just insulted you, wow. but that feels like a like a high school thing. Like, <laughs> oh my god, she didn't call me her best friend. <laughs> my BFF. Oh no. Um, which is a little funny. I was not going to segue into things this fast, but <laughs> talking about high school. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of. All right. So, uh, for those who listened to the previous week, you'll know that Alex is joining um, this week because Megan is currently. And I hope she doesn't mind me revealing this, but she's getting married, which is very fun. Yay. And so she has better things to be doing. I guess. Than, you know, recording a podcast with me. So I guess her wedding takes priority or I something. Suppose. Yeah. Here's what it is. So we are recording this also a little bit in advance because shockingly, I will be at her wedding. Imagine <laughs> that like working out. Your best out. friend's wedding. <laughs> My best friend's wedding. <laughs> That's a movie, isn't it? Probably is. Yeah. yeah actually, I think it's like it a really your old, typical not really old, but it's yeah, an like rom com vibes. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. just sounds like that kind of movie. My best friend's wedding. Anyway, so <laughs> very much we're, not what we're supposed we're, to be talking we're about. We're off to a great start. Very unhinged today. all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fact that my neighbor is mowing their grass and I'm I can just hear it in my in like yeah, one I, side I know of the my... mic's not picking it up because we've listened to it a couple times. But I can hear it. Yeah. So it's it's bugging it's me. It's buzzing. Anyway, we are I, I do want to say, you know, like it's been a little bit since we gathered. I don't know if you want to mention any of the books you've read recently. Um, I feel like I might have talked about the this last time, but I did finish Fourth Wing and I won't stop talking about it. Um I told my friend that it it was like Star Wars, not because it was anything related to Star Wars. But I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Anytime it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. I'll happily do a Star Wars marathon. Yeah. Star Wars is also my favorite, favorite thing to make fun of. Like, it's it's so stupid in some parts. Yeah. So Fourth Wing had similar kinds. Was it a great time? Do I want to read it again? Did I already pre-order the second one? Yes. Is it easy to make fun of? 100%. <laughs> well, I feel like we... But we have those, you know, like we have the favorite ones. And actually, I think they're going to come up a lot today. Yes. So maybe this is a good transition point. So the topic we're going to be talking about, and this is not drawn from the jar. So this was uh, something that we were actually texting about, hilariously enough. And the full question is, what are some books that influenced you as a reader? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to kind of like elaborate on that because I think there's a couple ways to think about this. And I know me and Megan did a topic that was like, what are books that made you the reader you are today? And I feel like there's definitely going to be some crossover, mm -hmm. especially because like we recorded that a while ago and I don't fully remember all the books that I brought up. So I'm probably <laughs> going to bring up some similar ones. But I think the difference here is, and we, we illustrated this when we were talking over text, but we kind of said, you know, hey, 
there's been those books that we've read where there's some element of it that we didn't really not not necessarily didn't realize but could be in a book but didn't realize how important it was and it really opened our eyes to like wanting to pursue either a new genre or a new type of like trope or a new type of main character Mm -hmm. and looking for more books like that um so kind of books that have like opened up our eyes Mm -hmm. as readers is almost a good way to put it and i feel like and this is where i think it's funny I don't think a lot of the books I'm going to mention are like literary triumphs. Like a couple of them are. (laughs) Like I do want to talk about some that I do think are really good and like that's kind of what I want to reach for. But I know we kind of got started on this one because Twilight. Yes. So I think. The 2010s. The 2010s, right? comes back. Like 2008 too, I think it was like. It was like 2007, 2008 was like the flurry of Twilight, I think. When was Twilight written? Just my, you know, quick. I want to say, I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to take a guess. Wait, let me take a guess. 2005. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Look at you. So Twilight was 2005. I don't think I read it until, actually, I can, I vivid, I have a very vivid memory of when I read Twilight. I do too. I want to say, okay, (laughs) vivid. And then I'm just like, "Mm, guessing which year I was. (laughs) Believe I was in grade eight and it was Christmas time. And I went over to my friend's house and she had just finished Twilight. New Moon was already out at this point. Yeah. And we sat there all of Christmas break and just read Twilight. Like we didn't even do anything besides sit in her like fancy living room because her house had two living rooms with like a fire that was like open, like an actual live fire. A live fire. A live fire. (laughs) And read Twilight. And I like have that is one very specific memory I have where I just like was so engrossed in a book. Yeah. So I read it in grade 10, which would have been. 2008 2009 okay not around the same time because i was you would have been maybe i was in grade eight in 2011 2010 wow i'm really really aging myself here yeah maybe we shouldn't (laughs) (laughs) maybe we shouldn't give dates (laughs) um but i do i remember reading it and i remember it being recommended to me and somebody was like you have to read this book like have you read this book and the movie was coming out um so i think that's where it's different for you because the movie would have already been out for you i guess it would have been yeah yeah, so that's because I remember it was coming out. Everyone was making a big fuss about it, but it hadn't been really, like because the movie wasn't out yet, it hadn't reached its peak. Mm-hmm. And so I remember reading it and kind of thinking it was going to be dumb. Yeah. Because I didn't get the vampire thing. Sorry, I'm just looking at No, when it's the okay. Came out. It's all good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you made a face. I'm just going to say that that's why I paused. Because I kept trying to delete like what I was writing in Google and it kept like clicking the wrong button and it was just searching <laughs> random shit like when was Twilight time written? Totally, why did that I'm come totally up? I'm totally leaving this, by the way, because the, the listeners need to know that happened to you. <laughs> all right. So I just remember like thinking it was kind of silly because of the vampire aspect. I feel like I had never written or written clearly never read <laughs> vampire stuff before like, i don't not think really. so either I, I definitely hadn't read anything where they were not just a monster mm-hmm. and so i remember reading it and there was two things that kind of occurred to me that were really cool about it in my you know 15 year old brain or whatever it was <laughs> the first one was that i really loved the romance of it. Mm-hmm. And I and I I've I definitely 180 on this <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> as an adult who is the romance great now? No. Yeah, but there was really. something really <laughs> addicting about the way the romance was told. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget 
the feeling it gave me. And I think the feeling is something I still chase to this day. I do feel like that was one of the first like romancy novels that I read where like the romance was the focus. Because I, think so too. I, I read think, fantasy yeah. novels with romance in it, but that was like probably the start of like specifically the romance is the main part about that. Yeah, and 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 a little bit unabashedly, like I think there was something, and I know a lot of people made fun of it because it was just a romance, quote unquote, just a romance mm-hmm. story. But I, I I think there was something really freeing in realizing I liked it mm-hmm. as much as I like eventually kind of went to be like, oh, I you know. I didn't really love it. You know, a little problematic. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, also. Especially the more we learn about uh, all of the other books. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely problematic aspects of it. But the other thing I thought that was really cool. And at the time, I I remember being very vivid about like, I liked that it subverted my expectations of the vampire. Mm -hmm. Like the vampire was a monster, but like also capable Mm -hmm. of like the human emotions and stuff like that. And I think. Again, looking back on it, not the best example of how to do this. But I love, I absolutely love when an author takes something that is supposed to be something else Mm -hmm. and just just imagines it in a completely different way. Yeah. And I think that that is so cool. Sparkly vampires have never been told before. So. (laughs) You know what? And I think it's so funny that everyone made fun of that <laughs> because I just thought, wow. Yeah. No, it, in the moment. Like obvious, in the moment, like, yeah, it was 100%. like, it's so easy to make fun of. It's so, it's sparkly vampires. Like, yeah. how do you not make fun of that? But I love the bravery of saying that. Mm-hmm. Now, there's not a lot of credit I'll give Stephanie Meyer, but she really <laughs> went for it. She did. <laughs> Now there's problematic parts. I'm not don't don't no, do the not... worst part about the fact that it's problematic is the amount of times I read Breaking Dawn, Marissa. Like I read that book so much. So much that I like my copy, I was reading in the bath one time and I dropped it. And it is like three times the size that a normal Breaking Dawn book should be. But I continue to just read it all the time. Like why did th- why did I like that one so much? <laughs> I that that bothers me. That, that, that that's that, upsetting. That I destroyed the book. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. But I read Breaking Dawn so much. (laughs) I didn't like like any. I I basically didn't like anything past the second one. I feel like I liked it because of all of like the cool powers the other vampires have. Like that was. I did think that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I and I think I also feel like not only was this like peak vampire fiction, Mm -hmm. fiction, but it was like peak people making fun of YA. I feel like. Yeah. Like when when you read Twilight, like there was. There were people making fun of Twilight at the time. Like, you know what I mean? Because well, yeah, of the craze. And they were making fun of vampires, romance, why? There was a really specific thing they were making fun of, though. And I don't know if you like remember this in this way, but they really made fun of the quote unquote middle aged woman who read the book. Mm. And I, that stuck with me because I always remembered being like, I will never be that person. 15 year old me was silly in many <laughs> respects. But that is also a thing that I think is so weird now to think about. That like that was so judgy. Because now we have TikTok. And- because now we have like, <laughs> yeah, well, but we also have this like, it's just, it's such a young person thing to think. Yeah. That like that's weird. Yeah. When it's just like part of culture and taking a part in society. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I like, like I've said this before about young adult books. I think people who are reading it and it's not for them need to keep that in mind mm-hmm. when they're like critiquing it 
right? Yeah. Like I, if you pick up a young adult book and, and you go, wow, it was written in this way and that's really weird. It's like, okay, well, it was probably intentionally written like that. Like it wasn't really written mm-hmm. for somebody who wants more of an adult read. So maybe don't go yeah. into it with those expectations. But I think Twilight was, uh, yeah, Twilight changed the game for me. Really and did. like the other thing I took away from Twilight, which this was something that I like really didn't want, was the cliche narrator girl who was like clumsy yeah and it it like really highlighted how many books i had read and read would soon read after that that had the exact stock female mm-hmm. protagonist yeah and it I was think breakable it was breakable <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i just i feel like that was something that i went in search for like in a different aspect mm-hmm. i guess like i went in search for the opposite at some point yeah that not only was she breakable, but she also gets married, becomes a mom. Like it was like the typical female yeah. protagonist timeline, you know? Yeah. Which is so funny because like what I fell in love with was the subversion of mm-hmm. expectations and then it all and then it ended up being, being typical. Yeah, typical. <laughs> yeah. And that's where Stephanie Meyer really lost yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that was shortly and this was a little bit afterwards, but the Hunger Games and divergent and yeah, then so the uprising of like the dystopian, dystopian yeah. novel that's what i was going to mention because then also you had like the maze runner and i think gone was another one there was all sorts of yeah there was hunger it games was, really set off like the dystopian era yeah, i feel like yeah. and the hunger games actually i don't know if you know this and i <laughs> i'm gonna like do a little like lesson here so did you know <laughs> that the hunger games and um battle royale which is the book that preceded the hunger games and is kind of the considered more of the like creation of the battle royale genre right and um battle royale very similar concept where children are taken to an island i believe Mm -hmm. and they fight to the death and the hunger games and suzanne collins and i can't remember exactly what her relationship with that is like people who have read the the battle royale like feel like she copied it Mm -hmm. i think that that's silly because i think a lot of creativity is taking ideas and then making them your own Mm -hmm. and i think that's how i feel about originality and there's no truly original idea but that's not conversation i really want to get into today (laughs) different podcast different podcast episode but the hunger game like phenomenon led to a creation of the battle royale genre in video games oh okay because somebody and if i'm remembering all my facts correctly they essentially made a version of battle royale in minecraft right and then there was a whole bunch of and i won't go into the details but there was a whole bunch of like little indie games and startups and stuff like this that were like making it more um like long term for people to play mm-hmm. and that's where you started getting all these battle royale games so in a way the existence of the hunger games is the reason that fortnite happened oh look at that <laughs> love it so, what a fun know, jump what, what a job suzanne collins did <laughs> I also think that was, uh, maybe just for me, that was the era of like midnight movie releases because I remember going to see like Breaking Dawn at midnight. I remember going to see The Hunger Games at midnight, Catching Fire, Mockingjay, both parts. Um, you can tell you grew up in a bigger city than I did. <laughs> I loved going seeing those, even like the last two Harry Potters I saw in, at midnight as well. Um, and then I do remember those now that you've said it. I never went to them. Oh, that was, wasn't it was that a cool. great time. You're I even, cool I have movie. a Mockingjay pin somewhere in my house. Also, the Hunger Games, to me, 
and maybe this is just like my memory because it sticks in my memory so much. I feel like that was one of the first books I read where the female main character was like the strong one because a lot of the books I read as a kid were male female. So I male main characters. Yeah, for me, but Katniss was like a badass. For the one that set that off for me was actually a little bit sooner. Um, and Megan was responsible for this, but Sabriel. Mm. I read Sabriel before I read Hunger Games, and Sabriel. Have you read that? I have, but it's been a very, very long yeah. time. So what I loved about Sabriel is is she 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 just is the main character. Mm-hmm. And she's not not badass, but she's not badass in the way that Katniss is. Like she's not like rebellious or like revolutionary or or uh you know, all that stuff. But she was strong. Mm-hmm. And like not once did you feel like she was the stereo like she never leaned even close to the stereotypical like Bella character. Mm. And I remember that because I was like, this is amazing. And also her love interest, Touchstone, is kind of introduced as like he's kind of useless compared to her. <laughs> and she has to protect him like all the time. Um there's actually one scene and this was my favorite scene, which was um she for I guess I'll explain a little bit about Sabriel. So she's like a necromancer and she has bells that ring souls further into death, essentially. It's a little more. You should reread no, this book. I, yeah. Like I know I have it because I have a giant version of it. I like, have all the books in one. Yeah. And uh, maybe not all the books, but like three in one or something like yeah. that. So I know I've read it. Yeah. But that is not ringing a bell. So it's been a long time. It's not ringing a bell. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I, this is a little bit of a spoiler then, but I, I like I I do want you to read it, and I feel this this might help. But there's this one scene, and she they're kind of caught in this fight, and it's been a while since I've read it, but and the bells do more things than that. It's just that's kind of one thing to keep in mind, and they're all like on this like she has almost like a I forget what it's actually called, but it's like like they're strapped to her chest, right, and they're all safely like closed off so that they can't accidentally ring right because when you hear certain bells it it's very like you're gonna die essentially and so she rings one of the bells she doesn't ring it it's happening further away from her somebody else is ringing the bell and she knows it's gonna happen so she's trying to get away from it so that she doesn't hear the bell because that will send you into like the furthest realm of death right and touchstone is with her with her And they're running and they're running and they're running. And you're like, they're just like, they have to get away. And then they hear it. And she's like, oh, crap. (laughs) And so she looks at Touchstone and she's like, she can tell he's like compelled to go. Mm -hmm. And so she just grabs him and kisses him and then like bites his lips so that it's like painful and all this stuff. And I remember reading that and that changed my life (laughs) because I was like, and I think that was the book where it opened up for me. It was like, wow, I can have both. Yeah. I can have the fantasy novel with this great, rich world and backstory and lore. And I can have the romance that mm-hmm. I love so much from like Twilight. Mm-hmm. And I can have the main character who isn't useless. Yeah. Not that Belle is completely useless, but she borders it. (laughs) And so I just really loved that. Yeah. And yeah, like something in that really changed for me. And so when I read Katniss, it was like Sabriel, but not. Mm -hmm. Because she 
like you're saying, she was so badass. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Cadiz I mean, is like the reason anytime I play Dun- Dungeons and Dragons, my character is an archer. <laughs> she definitely of, opened that up. Because for of her people. and because of uh, characters in Aragon. But yeah, Katniss definitely had something to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Katniss and. Um, oh no, I forgot his name. The elf from. Lord of the Rings. Legolas. Legolas. Yes. Thank you. Yes. That's so also embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. That was also like, yeah. But I will say Katniss and like the Hunger Games really opened up the the dystopian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a because lot of then people. There was like dystopian novels everywhere. I didn't read very much vampire stuff after Twilight, which is surprising because I feel like after Twilight, everybody was reading vampire stuff. Yeah. But after the Hunger Games, I read dystopia for a long time. Um, right. I think maybe because it was like the Hunger Games, Divergent, Maze Runner, and like there was it was almost it just, inescapable. Yeah, it was just everywhere, and it was always like if you read the Hunger Games, you'll for, like this. For if you little, read Divergent, you'll like this. For a little bit too, I think it was almost synonymous with like young adult. Like young yeah. adult books were dystopian, dystopian novels. Yes, yeah. So, I, like it definitely ignited the dystopian thing. It ignited the actual badass female character mm-hmm. for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and. Like, to the point, to a fault. Like, because I think some of the main characters I read after that point were, like, trying so hard Mm -hmm. to be badass and rebellious, and it would, like, just didn't work in the same way. Um, And then Divergent. I don't know if we want to (laughs) talk. I feel like I'm known for hating, like, two books. (laughs) One is Allegiant. (laughs) One is Allegiant, and one is The Mortal Instruments. (laughs) Valid. We actually very recently we had a book club and a meeting and uh somebody <laughs> was like, Well, I have a book that's similar to this, but it's Marissa's not gonna Marissa's like not gonna like it. And I was like, What do you mean? And then and then the words Cassandra Claire left someone's mouth and yeah. I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Immediate no. Immediate. You know, okay. And I don't even want to say like I didn't I couldn't get into the first like City of Bones. The first, you know. The ones that have the incest plotline. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, but I think that was I've, a natural getaway after Twilight. You know yeah, what I mean? Because it yeah. had the I vampires. I feel like I should have loved it, you know? And it wasn't even just that specific plotline. It just, like, didn't vibe with me in the way that I feel like it, it could have. Yeah. But, I know, like, some people are crazy for it. And she has a lot of books out. Like, oh, there's, she like, has a whole a lot, yeah. shelf when you go to a bookstore of just mm-hmm. Cassandra Clare books. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, it's too far. It's too far gone. I'm out. <laughs> I don't need to go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't. I don't really want to go into the moral instruments because I don't think they were influential, personally. Yeah, not personally to me. And I know they were for a lot of people, and that's fine. But I will say that I feel like Divergent was the moment that I did realize I could be very disappointed by a book. Mm. Like, I don't think I've ever read a... This is why it comes up so often, because it was one of the first series I feel like I read where I read the ending and I was so mad. Mm -hmm. Like, I've not liked... I had not liked books before that, and Mm -hmm. I had not liked the way series ended. But usually it was like, kind of wish that didn't happen at the end. Mm -hmm. And not like... This kind of undid everything you were trying to do. And also, I don't think you know what dystopian is supposed to be about. And also, I hate everything. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like that book is specifically why there are certain series where I've like been slightly spoiled about what happens later in the series. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm happy 
where like okay ready player one i liked where that book ended i liked the story yeah. i've heard ready player two i've heard just like some spoilers about like what happens in I the mean, story yeah i don't want to go there i'm, I'm know, good I think i'm fine right. <laughs> i think i think divergent is the reason i'm okay not finishing all series yeah if i hear that the second one or the the whatever is not as good and i should just not read it i just trust it mm-hmm I'm like, okay. Assuming fine. I'm hearing it from the right person. But when you said don't read Ready Player Two because I know what happens and you're not gonna like it. Yeah. I was like, cool, Ready Player One is a great book. Yeah. And that is good enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. Fine. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So like I feel like we're moving through a nice little timeline, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. You know what the next and I'm just gonna this isn't we're we're turning this into a little bit of a not the topic we thought it was going to be, but this is more of influential books in society and how they affected <laughs> us, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Because I'm curious then how you felt during the Fifty Shades of Grey. So I never read Fifty Shades of Grey. I have, Grey. yes. Yes. Um, I feel like I was slightly just like not old enough for it when it came out or like I was not at a point where I was reading a ton of that type of book. I just didn't think it, it wasn't fantasy. So I also didn't want it. <laughs> Which is interesting because it started. Do you know how it started? I feel like you've told me this before, but I can't remember. So it started as fan fiction for Twilight. Yes. Okay. I have heard that. So that's how E.L. James got into it. Mm -hmm. And always good when a book starts out as fan fiction, you know? Well, Cassandra Clare. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) We're not going back there. Um, So, (laughs) uh, yeah. So the Fifty Shades. Like, I don't think that was influential for me other than I realized, you know what that made me realize? That made me realize I cannot trust popular opinion. <laughs> that's what that's what that made me realize. Because I was like, do it. this is terrible. Like, this is actually just, it's just not good. And you know what? Having now been older, like, because I think that was the first book where it was actually like erotica. New adult-esque. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will say that even if you're like, into that aspect like if you like the spice of certain books and stuff like that i just don't even think it's good for that mm. like i just don't think it was that good yeah um it's okay, very that's, problematic that's the third book on the list then <laughs> of books that marissa actively does not enjoy <laughs> i mean 50 shades of gray is like harder to hate yeah because i don't feel like it takes itself seriously right. and i feel like nobody really took it that seriously either right whereas you didn't like, see you know team edward team jacob shirts yeah like <laughs> for you 50 just, shades of gray <laughs> like i feel like the people who like read it knew it wasn't great mm-hmm. also like i don't think anyone was like this is a literary work of art yeah it was like this is a kind of fun read which i kind of disagree with but also i read all three so like yeah. say what you will yeah I just don't think they were very good. I I don't know where you want to go next. Fifty I Shades have a couple, pop- yeah, like that are not necessarily weren't as mainstream, but definitely made a difference to you. Okay, yeah. well maybe I do have some that are mainstream, but specifically, so I was thinking of back in high school when I would have read these and other like female main characters because I read a lot of books in elementary school where the it was a male yeah. main character. And so there were two books specifically that remind me of like the whole, you know, female main character. Because I read a lot of books as a, a younger kid where it was a male main character. So it was just, that was just the books I picked up or the ones I was given. Yeah. One was called Graceling. And I believe it was Christian, Kristen Cashore is yeah, the name. Yeah. Author. So I just, I just pulled that up because like I remember that title. Yes. 
And now that I'm seeing the cover, I remember seeing this. So I never read it. The the you actually probably would like it even now. Um, I can't remember exactly everything that happened, but basically what it is is like certain people have powers. And if, you, and if I remember correctly, if you have powers, you have two different colored eyes, and that means you're a Graceling. I think it's been a really long time. But anyways, the main girl, her like power is basically that she's really good at killing people. And I want to say she's an assassin for like a king or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, very um, Aelin vibes. And... I remember loving that series and always wanting to find books like that. And another one that had a female main, this first book was called The Naming. And that one is Alison Krogon, I believe is the author for that. And that is the, it's like the Chronicles of Pelnor or something, something Pelnor is like the series. It has four books. Um, And that was another one where it was like a female main and a really interesting world. And I freaking wanted more books like that. Like those two, I remember them all the time yeah a third one not as um maybe slightly more i don't even want to say problematic but anyways i don't know if you ever read the selection no (laughs) but you've seen the cover no i know the selection basically like the bachelorette but for a king and in like sort of a dystopian world as well um i I read i ripped through those books like i wanted more books like that not really like you know strong badass main character vibes because like they're literally in a competition to be the guy's wife but it's still like a good series and i feel like that was kind of mixed in with the dystopian right because it, it is dystopian it's it kind of has like red queen vibes a little bit yeah um but those three specifically were probably like big ones for me where it was like a female main and that was new yeah to me because honestly like around the twilight time that was probably when i started reading books that were strictly female mains. Before that, a lot of books I read were were guys, which is just very yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think that's kind of my, that's kind of how I went about reading too. And I, I didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't intending to search out. And it never really out. struck me as like, like I never, I don't know. I never I was never like thought about a kid it. being like, oh, yeah. I wish I had a book where the females main character i was just like oh i just like hermione but, <laughs> like, then it was like I mean? <laughs> it was like game changing when you found it. yeah and that's so it was almost like you didn't know that you were missing yeah. that and that's that's what i love about this topic because i was like there are things that when you read you're like oh my god this is yeah. possible yeah. like this is possible to have in a book great i never want to read one that doesn't have this yes. or something like that and I mean, it's not quite that. Like, I definitely still have male um, protagonist books that I love. Mm -hmm. And I definitely don't actively just search out female-led ones anymore. It was just like a pivotal moment. It was a pivotal moment where I was like, this this feels so much more interesting to read from the perspective of a woman. Especially when you're like a teenage girl. Yeah. Too, right? I feel like that was vital at that time. Yeah. And it's so funny to me because I love that you're agreeing with me that you also were like kind of, you just naturally picked up all these like male I mean, it was like, come on, Percy Jackson, Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm thinking Harry Potter. um, I had a series. Gregor the Overlander was one that I read as a kid, which is also Suzanne Collins randomly discovered yeah. that the other day. I had a series. It was about Arthur, like King Arthur, mm-hmm. and it was like this really cool series um, where King Arthur, like there's a kid named Arthur and his life is following some of the same pivotal moments that King Arthur's life followed. And then Merlin is like, in his, he's like <laughs> there and clearly has been there both times. Mm. And it's very interesting. Septimus and- Heap was another one. If you yeah. ever read that series, that was a male main. 
That was a good book. The Maze Runner. Um, I definitely remember picking up. Aragon. But I mean, I still, I mean, Aragon is the reason I look for dragons in any book ever. Yeah. And I mean, I have this feeling. And then like when I talked to Megan, she was so about the female Mm because I think she just found earlier Mm -hmm. the female leads and she would like only read female leads. So when she handed me Sabriel, I remember being like, whoa, (laughs) whoa, this is great. We've got a like actively amazing female character because I think the only ones I'd really read that were female narrated were books where it was more of like the traditional feminist, not feminist, feminine read Mm. where so like I read a lot of Gossip Girl. Right. And I don't know if you remember this. fantasy, so I... Yeah, you didn't pick that. I don't, there was another book called The Click. I don't know. But there was typical ones like now it's TV shows like The Summer I Turned Pretty or yeah. um, To All the Boys I Loved Before. Like those were books that I would have seen on the shelf but never picked up because it yes. was a fantasy. Yes. <laughs> uh, also like The Princess Diaries. Mm-hmm. I read like the entire series and yeah. I thought and Meg Cabot was someone else I had a lot of like books by and uh, like Sarah Dessen. But like hers were always very... Why contemporary female lead, but it was always about like, it was like the summer they fell in love kind mm-hmm. of thing. And they were good books. I loved them, but I never thought to seek that out in the fantasy setting. Yeah. And I think that that was a game changer mm-hmm. for sure. I, I actually, and I do want to talk, I feel like Meg Cabot deserves a little bit of credit in my books because she also wrote a couple very low fantasy series. Mm-hmm. So they, they're always like, so real world and then it was just this girl with like weird powers so (laughs) incredible um there's a retelling of hades and persephone which i didn't fully appreciate the retelling of hades and persephone at the time um and i reread it recently and i was like wow this was clearly written by a white american woman (laughs) like (laughs) it is very americanized and like everything but it was cool like she just she could like see this guy following her and he was like death and like her grandma was like evil it was it was crazy and yeah so i feel like meg cabot did open that a little bit but like with sabrielle it was the game changer Mm -hmm. and i want to go back to two specifically that i said one being percy jackson because i'm a firm and i don't even know if this is a real argument but i'm a firm i would go to camp half-blood over hogwarts girl (laughs) i'm 100 (laughs) percent wanting to be a demigod especially like daughter of poseidon yeah that's me that's who I want to be. Yeah, that's that's the goal. <laughs> I'm a Pisces. I am terrified of drowning, though. So it would be great to have those powers because I could breathe underwater. Amazing. <laughs> but I loved those books as a kid. Like those were just, I don't know, something about like, again, I'll say it again. I feel like if I found them as a kid, if yeah. I'd actually read them as a kid. Yeah, I would have loved them. Yeah. I'm so excited for the series to come out. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be so much better than the movie. Even I know pe- people hate it. It's a bad I mean, this is a trait of you, I think, specifically. And I do enjoy doing this, too. You love things that are bad as long as they aren't too bad. (laughs) Yeah, because I will watch the, like, Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief movie as, like, my, what's it called? Comfort. Um, Yeah, like, it's a bad movie, but I will happily watch it because it does feel a little bit like the world and it just makes me happy. And, like, Logan Lerman, he's a great Percy Jackson. Terrible script, great Percy Jackson, okay? I'll die on this hill yeah and then secondly aragon because aragon to me was just like that's my comfort i'll still go back and read it i loved those books yeah. and anytime there is a book with a dragon rider i am 100 percent reading that book like i don't even care it's so interesting because i read aragon as well and i did not fall in love with the dragon aspect 
in the same way you did, oh, which is super interesting. My favorite part of that series. Yeah. And I don't even, it's one of those books where like I can't even properly critique it now because yeah. I just loved it so much and we'll still you, like, go back and read it. Like I don't even want to, uh, yeah, I don't even want to hear people read it now and be like, mm, this is like maybe not the great. Like, I mean, he started writing it when he was 20 when he was 15 so was it the great the greatest writing yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. maybe not but i can't even hear it because i just it's too nostalgic for me i love it yeah i kind of love that though i think that that's great that was right why when i saw fourth wing i was like well i'm gonna need to read this yeah, I'm gonna need to read it. <laughs> i think there's one more specifically i need to talk about with you okay because i think this was a game changer for us both and again just like it's not the best book out there <laughs> i feel like i know what you're gonna say <laughs> Throne of Glass. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I think what I, I think I learned to, this has been what lessons I learned from books and that's fine. So I learned two lessons from reading Throne of Glass. One, sometimes you need to go back to books. Mm -hmm. And this just like reaffirmed my belief that rereading is something that I love to do. Because mm -hmm. I read A Throne of Glass and I didn't fall in love with it. And then I read it again like years later. And I still wasn't like, enthralled but i was like this is the fun fantasy this is what read i need right i now. need right now and i have learned also that i just need those sometimes mm -hmm. and they're okay that they're not great they're it's okay like, that they're a little like bit trash tv it's fine it's like a little <laughs> trash tv but then it became like more than trash tv mm -hmm. which i did enjoy mm -hmm. um and i also really did enjoy just from like a critical standpoint, I actually really enjoyed watching her writing improve. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was so neat. Just like reading them back to back and being like, wow, you actually did grow quite a bit as a writer. If you mm -hmm. compare the first book to like even the fifth one, mm -hmm. which is I think where I was like in my height of it. And I loved that. And it also taught me that it's okay to like trash on it a bit and mm -hmm. still like it. I feel like. Because um, I feel like that was our entire reading relationship of it. I feel like it, but... Yeah. <laughs> we do feel like it, okay? Um, Throne of Glass, Akatar is like peak book talk. Like, that is what spurred off yeah. book talk on TikTok. Specifically Akatar, because everybody will make fun of it, everybody will recommend it. But Throne of Glass is up there, too. Yeah. You know, Sarah J. Mass has really profited from book talk. Like, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> she has benefited the most. <laughs> yeah. She really has. And I think... But yeah, those were books where you were like, okay, you'll like this. It's a little trashy. But, but I also... I, you know what? You're I love do it. super appreciate something about Sarah J. Moss's books. And I love that they're good. They're actually like almost a really great entry point for a lot of people to get into high fantasy. Mm. Because... And I've said this a hundred times. I'll say it a hundred more. But if you read A Th Throne of Glass, Akatar, Crescent City... And you went away being like, wow, that was a lot of world building, but I understood all of it. You can read any high fantasy mm -hmm. book you want. Mm -hmm. And like, it's not going to have the same effect. You're definitely going to have to give up like romance aspects and stuff like that. So like really like, but, and I have this friend who was like, I really want to read Lord of the Rings, but I don't, I can't read high fantasy. Like it's too much. It's too challenging. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you love Sarah J. Moss. Yeah. Like to be honest. If you take out the romance mm -hmm. of like Throne of Glass, you're not going to be like, it's going to be a little bit different. Obviously, it's a different book. It's a different series. It's a different world. But it's the same high fantasy aspects. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a little bit harder to read. I'll admit that. 
but it's not going to be impossible for you. Like you are very familiar with this format. Mm -hmm. And I actually just love it as like an entry point for that. I actually, the amount of people that I've seen on Instagram, like just social media in general that are like, I don't normally like fantasy, but this is a great book. Basically being like, yeah. you know, you haven't really read fantasy before, but you started reading Throne of Glass or you started reading Avatar yeah. and you were like, wow, this is amazing. And actually, now that you say that, I do feel like I have transitioned more from the like low fantasy YA books into like adult fan high fantasy books. Yeah kind of post-reading Throne of Glass, which is hilarious considering we trash it all the time. Yeah, but it like it is a high fantasy book. It's yeah. completely taking place in another world and it is all world building. Mm -hmm. And if you're understanding everything that's happening in there, like it's, it's, it's a jump to like Lord of the Rings, but like let's say you jump from that to, I don't know, even like, you know, I'm trying to, <laughs> now I can't think of any. Um... You're jumping from that to like like a little bit less romance, mm -hmm. but still has something in it. And then you can really jump to like anything. You can jump to um all I can think of is Brandon Sanderson. Like <laughs> but like to be honest, Brandon Sanderson is not that hard to get into. Mm -hmm. If you're used to a bit if of if you're building. used to a thicker book. And to be honest, like I actually and it's a weird jump, but if you liked the high fantasy, the fantasy aspects of Throne of Glass. Or I'm gonna say Throne of Glass because I feel like Akatar more jumped to Throne of Glass next. Yeah, yeah. Like, like jump to Throne of Glass next because like it it has personally Throne of Glass is my favorite of the series too. Yeah, and yeah. I've never read Crescent City, but totally, I have a feeling <laughs> that. Well, yeah, we were gonna just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> but if you jump straight into like The Way of Kings, mm -hmm. I actually like. It's a thick book, so you have to wait a while for the romance to come up. But I mm -hmm. liked the romance in it. I thought it was mm -hmm. really well done. It just wasn't a focal point. Mm -hmm. And then you jump to, like, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, you would be fine. Yeah. If I, that's your goal. Yeah. Yeah. If you are, like, looking to get into, you know, the more adult high fantasy books, I feel like those are, yeah, people are going to say they're trashy. And they are a little bit, but <laughs> that's like a great jumping off point. It's an introduction. The, it's fun. It's yeah. fast paced. Like you're going to rip through them if you're a fast reader, even if you're not like you're going to want to read them. Yeah. They're the kind of books that like you told me to read them. And I think I read all what, seven in a month. Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah, a lot I, of books. They're, I like, they're not like, I like small books either. them in. Like yeah. it was it was ridiculous. And then anything relatively similar, I could read like Fourth Wing. I, I ripped through that immediately. Yeah. Um, anything like that that has your, you know, your different yeah. world and your bit of romance. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I guess I'm just going to go back a second. So the maybe another jumping point would be like the Priory of the Orange Tree. Mm -hmm. I, it wasn't my favorite, but I do think it would be like if you're trying to get into that higher fantasy and you like the romance, like that's a really good mm -hmm. jump because uh, it's a lot of world building. But yeah, I just... Like, I really do appreciate that, like, there is such a potential for people to, like, explore genres that they don't think mm -hmm. they can read. Because I'm like, you can. Like, you're probably already halfway there with yeah. whatever you're reading. Like, yeah. if you just, like, read similar books and kind of lead yourself up. Yeah. I wouldn't jump from straight from Sarah J. Moss to, like, Lord of the Rings because it's going to be a really different switch. Yeah. But depends on what you're looking for out of it. Yeah. And that's funny, too, because, yeah, post reading that, I do feel like I went on to be more of like an adult fantasy reader because like, I read the, Whe the Wheel of Time, 
yeah miss born brandon sanderson and specifically stormlight archive i think is like i'm saying this is an influential read and like i read this fairly recently the four of them but oh man i think i think that that's fine stormlight archive is a one of the greatest series i've ever read and i i know maybe that makes me a bandwagoner because i just read it but i don't care it's amazing and b i like have to really look away from certain things when i go back to reading books that are like you know quote unquote lower fantasy than that or whatever because i'm like i've read the best book i've ever read (laughs) yeah it's just not gonna stock up to this so whatever but that is a very influential read to me because i have never been able to really get into like the higher fantasy but like like lord of the rings yeah and it's not that i don't want to love it i love the movies and like the hobbit i loved um but for whatever reason like reading stormlight that was probably like my first like giant adult fantasy book yeah and i was like oh this is amazing yeah i'm sold and yeah. now i go to the store and i will buy you know adult fantasy books because i'm like yeah i can i can read this now yeah i'm like i'm somehow like i've been it's, inducted it's, into it's, the world it's also it's like a it's like a and maybe it all started thing. with throne of glass you know what <laughs> but honestly it's a confidence thing too because i feel like i feel like there's like so much pressure to like like certain mm-hmm. adult fantasy books when you read like and other books you're, you feel less pressure to like love it like the fantasy romance books are like looked down upon yeah often because probably not to get uh you know political i guess on this but probably because it's mostly women reading them yeah and uh they are like maybe slightly less or lower fantasy than others um but hey you know what you're still reading books and they're solid reads which is why i love to point out because like um like you're saying like lower fantasy in terms of like how people think about them Mm -hmm. like they're less valuable and that's why i love to point out like sarah j moss she writes high fantasy yeah this is not low fantasy like you can shit on it all you want you but it is but it is high fantasy (laughs) by definition yeah and so like yeah get over it i don't know like I just like anyone who's like, oh, well, it has all this. Well, no, it's high fantasy. Yeah. If you're creating a whole new world, it's high fantasy by definition. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is not. Sorry, it's in the same category. It is literally in the same category as Lord of the Rings. And if that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Then I think you need to check your ego a little <laughs> bit because I'm not saying they're the same book. I'm not even saying that they're a part of all the same genres. I'm saying they're both high fantasies. Yeah. Yeah. So. You can't be classist about that. <laughs> exactly. And the other thing about Throne of Glass is like, you know, we can trash it all we want, but we both read those books very fast and read them all. And I assume I you did too, but I sobbed at the end, like bawled my I eyes out. I did not. <laughs> I did not. So I saw it coming. That's a whole other story for me that I oh, don't want I wanna... cried in Akatar as well. Not Akatar, but I cried in, you know, the other two uh because i think of it as a trilogy and i don't want to get into the other yeah no 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 it's all good but anyways i cried in both of those like so you know maybe they're a little bit trashier but like i'm 100 percent would read them again and i enjoyed the hell out of them so okay so i want to continue this but i want to say there was one more book i had on my plate that i wanted to talk about and i it's not fantasy so i always i so when we when me and megan talked about books that made us the readers we are today. I know I talked about Jane Eyre. Mm. 
And while I agree that Jane Eyre made me confident enough to read like a lot of classics, I'm going to say the one that actually like influenced me the most. I think I was thinking about it ever since we decided on this topic. And I want to give the credit to Emma by Jane Austen. Because what happened was, is I read Jane Eyre like a while ago. And then I read Pride and Prejudice. And I was just expecting that one to be good because it's Pride and Prejudice. It's famous. And then I I read Emma just like one day. I don't... It was like one of those weird moods where I was like, I just got to read something. Mm -hmm. And it was on my shelf. And I was like, I really liked Pride and Prejudice. Let's give it a shot. And so I read Emma... And me and my partner have a joke that like, joke, it's kind of like a, it's a good thing to keep in mind is like, once is an accident, twice can be a coincidence, but three times is a pattern, Mm -hmm. right? Make this joke lots for like a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's not a joke, but that was the third one where I was like, oh, this is something like, Mm -hmm. I really love this. Mm -hmm. I love everything about this and I need to read, I need to actively search out more books like this. And that is when... I bought the Jane. Like, it was after that point that I was like, I'm going to buy all of Jane Austen's books at some point. I'm going to read all of the Bronte sisters' books because I love the way I feel after I read these because Mm -hmm. they always end. Like, it it takes me a really long time to get through them because they are written with a lot of archaic words and stuff like that that is a little bit harder to get through. It's a lot of heavy description. It's a lot of describing society and like religion and maybe a little bit of politicalness for you to understand what's going on in a in a conversation. But when I get to the end, I have so much to think about. And yeah, so I feel like Emma was the one where I was like, I need to go out of my way to find more of these. Um, so one in particular, you're just talking about books that are not like, you know, your typical uh, fantasy book. And maybe actually I have two then because I read Dune because the movie was coming out and because my mom was like, you should read Dune before the movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me realize that I can actually get through sci-fi books. And I yeah. said get through like it wasn't a good book. It's a solid book. Was it like my favorite book of all time? No, but no. it was a good book and I did read the whole thing. And I was like, oh, I can read sci-fi and it's like, you know, acceptable for me. So I look at other books and if they're sci-fi, I'm not like immediately scared off. But another one that I'm thinking of, um, it's a true story book. It's called The Miracle in the Andes. And this is a very random offshoot book that I read because it's about did you ever watch the movie Alive or have you heard the movie Alive? No. So it's about this rugby team and they are in a plane oh, yes, and they crash yes, yes. in the Andes, yeah. right? And it's written, it's one of the survivors and he write, wrote the story about it. And that book was, to me, when I read it, I can't remember exactly when I read it, I think it might have been in high school, but I was like, this is the most amazing survival story I've ever read about or heard about ever and it is an incredible book. It's mm-hmm. disturbing at times because there's a lot of things they had to do to survive that are like, you know uncomfy yeah uncomfy um but it made me realize that i you know can read books that are true <laughs> like yeah nonfiction, nonfiction yeah. books and i recommend that to a lot of people because it is a very incredible story and i don't know i just remember reading it and being like wow this is an amazing book and for me someone who only reads fantasy yeah. It was crazy it was that I was opener. like, yeah, wow, I can read, you know, nonfiction books. I, I do feel like I had the same thing when I started reading memoirs and autobiographies, um, which I am a big fan of doing um, because 
I always just associated them as like a little bit boring. Mm -hmm. And I do think biographies are harder to get through because they're not from the perspective of the person. So I have to be really interested in the person they're talking about to actually get through them. But autobiographies and memoirs are so fascinating. Uh, And I can usually get through them. And the first one, I, I feel like there was a couple that I read all together and I don't actually remember which one was first. But I talk about them lots, but Jose Limon's An Unfinished um, Memoir and um, Blood Memory by Martha Graham. So those are both uh, dancers. Mm-hmm. And those really cemented the fact that like memoirs and autobiographies can be just like so good to mm-hmm. read and can fulfill something that like the fiction books just can't. And which is like almost like a, more of a connection like because it's a real person and because mm-hmm. I mean it's still being scaled and edited and like you have to know that it's being filtered down to you as well so it's not all you know that but I love reading from someone may or may else not be candid if, yeah, yeah 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 but like if it's not it it doesn't have to be fiction to be interesting mm-hmm. and and exciting I think is is the thing and I think you can get something very different out of it and I I do I mean, I have to be in a certain mood to read them, but like I definitely that was that was an eye opener for me, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. All right. Well, now we have one more podcast, at least with you, you know, in a row here coming out with you on it. And uh, I know you've talked about maybe wanting to pull (gasps) a question out of the jar. Ooh. You know what? I normally do this, but I feel like you should do the honors. I do feel like maybe the first time I was on this podcast, I have pulled one from here. You might have. So exciting. So exciting. Can you hear? I'm actually doing this in live. <laughs> so next topic is what books had the best ending? Ooh. That's I, lo- a- I think that's ironic because we just talked about a whole bunch of books that didn't I didn't like, like the ending, the ending of. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can have what books had the best ending and what books had the worst ending. You know, we can add a couple we can, of We can add. There. I know me and Megan did one, but I would love to hear which ones you didn't like. Sure. I will refrain from bringing up a legion again is what I will do. <laughs> we know you hated the ending. I hated the ending of that too. Yeah. You can talk about it. I can't. I'm not allowed to. Yeah. This I'll, one will maybe require that... some more uh, research on my end. Yeah. To yeah. remember books that I've read. Because like I said before, anytime we're like, hey, Alex, come on a podcast, I immediately forget any book I've ever read. So. Yeah. No, I highly recommend. I always have to write down the ones I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then depending on how long it's been, sometimes I make a couple notes so that I actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, the hardest part is when you're like i suddenly don't have any answers yeah we had that the other day because me and megan did like sad books the other day like a couple months ago or something <laughs> i don't even remember weeks at least and like i, I pulled it out of the jar and then my mind went blank and you're all like, i like, never read a sad i was book. like <laughs> like sad tragic endings that were still really good and i was like romeo and juliet i have to think of more than romeo and juliet <laughs> use just the classic Romeo and Juliet like this is not gonna I I did have like a moment of panic I was like I've never read a sad book in my life which is not true (laughs) all right anything else you want to add today uh no I don't think so all right well I know she actually wants to say read fourth wing so she can have more people to talk to and also read stormlight archive yeah just read everything she's mentioned I will yeah force the world to read that and join us on Discord, and then we yeah. can talk about the endings of these books. Hey, there you go. That's what I was just about to say. So you can oh, find a me. link to our Discord server in the description of this podcast, where Alex is a part of, which Alex is a part of, and also Megan is a part of, and also I am a part of, so you can, and a whole bunch of other people that I won't name. But 
You can join a community of readers there. We also have a book club. You can join that. You don't have to. It's just available in our Discord server. Um, so you can see what we're reading and join in the discussions or just read it on your own or ignore it completely. That's completely up to you. Yeah, this comes out in August. So our book at that time is The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, we'll be reading The Da Vinci Code for August and the September. third weekend in September, roughly. But check the Discord for the exact date. Otherwise, we also have an Instagram account at the Book Jar Pod where you can, I don't know, see fun stuff that we post about because that's always cool. And <laughs> other than that, we thank you so much for listening. And this is a joke I do with Megan, but I say keep on reading on. And uh, she does banjo, so you don't have to do the banjo, though. <laughs> the look of sheer panic I got from Alex was, she was like, do not make me make banjo noises and put it on the internet forever. <laughs> no, I will not do that to you. But any any final thoughts? Nope. That's it. All right. Well, bye, Keep on everyone. reading on, I guess. Yeah, keep on reading on. <laughs> over there that, that that's precariously like, balanced like, I, it's really not that precarious the funny thing is i've seen this stack of books anytime i've come over your house i don't think it's moved because no. this is your tbr room um and i say room not shelf because books are not just on the shelf no, but anyways, no they've spilled over i've seen the stack of books it looks like it's about to fall over but i've seen the stack of books multiple times hasn't yet fallen over you know what it might it be? very much looks like it's gonna fall over i think i twisted the top book it's very it's also mo- because one of them has a bag on it oh like, yeah that makes it look or whatever like, yeah i feel it, like that's like looking like it's gonna stick out like that just it's gonna topple over uh, fall on yeah. that guitar especially probably while you're podcasting one time oh that know. would happen it just looks like it's gonna fall over and i'm very concerned for it yeah. <laughs> you can, can we- be put on the ground maybe <laughs> <laughs> books don't belong on the ground okay you have had books i've on- had books on the ground before <laughs> before i got the shelf yeah exactly can we talk about the fact that those are not short shelves and no. they are not enough? Yeah. And they're bowing in the middle because their weight of all we of the We don't books. talk about the bowing. We don't. I need it looks more. beautiful uh, though. I need, I need more brackets. You need like one more underneath and then maybe one big one on the, this other Just wall. Just a giant. I can't put more shelves because then I will fill it with books. Well, it's like decoration. Like, don't justify it. It's like modern art. Don't justify it for me. (laughs) Because you have all these beautiful books that you've been getting from your subscriptions. I feel like you need a shelf to turn them all outwards so we can all see the sprayed edges. And by we all, I mean me when I come over. (laughs) And that's that. That's a justification to have another shelf. Also, you could take some off of this TBR shelf and space it out a little bit more so it doesn't look like it's about to break. Mm, We'll think about it. (laughs) It's art. I'm telling (laughs) you. Books are art.